Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Schmodcast <laughs> podcast. Podcast Schmodcast. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. I really do. I need to learn. I need to put that song to a music on the ukulele. <gasps> Maybe I can come in as like guest vocals. Oh, that's what we need. Because you know I can't play the uke and sing at the same time. It's impossible. Yeah, and we have to also show at some point the evolution of your youth skill. I know. I just keep forgetting to check one out at the library. Yeah. Well, just put it on the to-do list. <laughs> no, Rebecca. Okay, for those of you who don't know, I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. And basically, right before we started recording this podcast episode, I was complaining that my to-do list is like out of control and I'm feeling very overwhelmed. So no, I will not be putting the ukulele on my to-do list and re-recording the song. It's decided. I'm putting Guess my foot what, everybody? Huh. I put it on my list. <laughs> I'm going to get the ukulele from the library and I'm going to surprise Rachel with a jam session. That's great. So. Yeah. So maybe we will, maybe we won't. But if it changes, that's how you'll know we did it. Yeah, that's how you'll know. Anyway, so this is our podcast. We did a great <laughs> job introing it. It's podcast yeah. slash podcast, and it's a podcast that's just two POPs with lucky girl syndrome. Yeah. So the the title of this episode, episode twenty four, is Lucky Ducky, because our little <laughs> intro is to explain to you folks who don't already know about it what is lucky girl syndrome which is also known as pronoia. And you mm. guessed it, that is the opposite of paranoia. It means <laughs> when you just believe that the world around you it is conspiring to do you good. That's pronoia and that's lucky girl syndrome, which is also apparently like an, a new interpretation of what's called the law of assumption. Um, which is the belief that when we act like the things we want to happen are already happening and we believe that those the good things are already happening to us, those things will happen. So what's what's another word for this? Just positive outlook? I mean, Optimism? Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny. Like, there's just so many. It's like our little moon rituals where we, we like – tell the universe what we want so it'll grow the little intention seeds and make it happen for us. I don't know a special word for that, but yeah. But yeah. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the, the what I had googled called it the law of assumption, but it sounds more to me like the law of attraction. No? I wonder if the article I read misquoted Maybe. it. Yeah. Cuz well, law look, of we attraction. We don't do deep research, yeah. why would we? <laughs> but basically, so like lucky girl syndrome has been kind of trending in like pop culture and uh, it's just a topic people have been talking about a lot recently mm -hmm. and Rebecca and I both totally have it that's not to say that we don't also get down in the dumps or get anxious or beat ourselves up about things or feel like gloomy or despair or grieve like bad bad emotions also do happen negative emotions are are part of our lives but in general I think we both just generally think like wow my life is so great and when you think that, <laughs> your life kind of is great. It can be. And, yeah. and that's also not to blame anybody who doesn't have pronoia. It's not your fault. <laughs> no, but I, I guess just like anything else, it's a practice. And you and I both yeah. practice that. Um, we've, we've picked up little things along the way, like your Patch Adams um, note about yeah. he just 
chooses to have a good day because every day something good happens and it may not be like overwhelmingly the day was a good day but like one good thing at least happens every day and if you choose to focus Focus in on on that that. it does change your outlook yeah and and then even our apocalyptimist like theories on life that like we do believe that there's a bunch of crap happening and it's chaotic and there are a lot of negative things in the world and that Roses are going to bloom and the sun's going to set over there on yeah. the other side of this apocalypse and it's going to be beautiful. Well, I guess all so there's still going to be, be good stuff to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. And some of that is a practice and some of it I think is building on, um, we were like lucky to be naturally born with a sort of sunny disposition. Um, that, that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just so glad we're lucky duckies. Yeah, lucky conclusion, duckies. Yeah. It's nice to be lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's jump in. We've got quite a few connects and corrects this week. So I'm going to start off with new listener alert. Wee, 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 wee. My cousin, Laura, <laughs> who's like basically one of the coolest people I know in the whole world, has started listening. She's only a few episodes in, but she says she loves the Schmodcast. It's full of things that she loves, especially us. Oh. <laughs> and Laura is the first person I know who started raising chickens, the first person I knew personally. Um, so she was excited to hear some of our chicken stories, was curious about the early stories about Tia. Was Tia actually just molting or was she dying? And Laura says, quote, I am familiar with chicken tribulations. I try not to have a favorite. From my experience, that is the one that will die. <laughs> <laughs> But she really loves chicken husbandry. She says, they saved me from myself and are teaching me much about lots. And then she adds, beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, 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 boop. And she's excited to be listening and can't wait for more. So thank you, Laura. Yes, thank you so much. She might not hear this for months since she's just catching up on things. (laughs) Yeah, that's what makes this fun. It's like a little Easter egg for her to find in the future. Yeah, it's March 2023. Hi, Laura, whatever day it is in the future. Hi, and then extra connect because they're not already long enough. Um, Laura is actually the one a million years ago that had some baby chicks hatch and she named them after you and your sisters. I yes, believe, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But Rachel um, ended up being a rooster, which also felt really appropriate to me. Yeah, well, and it's just funny because now that we've had our own chickens, you just really can't tell. When you cannot chicks. tell. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. All right, you got one for well, us. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So last um, last episode, I or one of us had mentioned um, resting on our laurels. We used that phrase, and mm-hmm. then just kind of spiraled into a "What is it?" And I was positing some stuff. Well, guess what? I was pretty right. So uh, uh, we, a laurel, we were pretty right. Excuse us was right. We was right. Us, us was right. Okay, go ahead. Us was right. So first, a laurel is a Mediterranean evergreen tree with dark, yeah. glossy green leaves. Yeah, we were like, and, I picture foliage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's those wreaths. And we were totally right that it was the Romans who used to make these wreaths out of these laurel leaves and wrap them around their heads uh-huh. as a way to like honor like Olympians for winning a sport or like generals who are successful in, in battle. Um, another word for a laurel, the grassy, glossy leaf, is uh, bay leaves. So guess what? We have laurels oh. basically in every kitchen there is. Bay um, leaves are the same thing as the laurel plant? They were just making reeds out of bay leaves? There's many kinds of laurels, but, oh, but yes, a, bay leaf a true is a type, bay leaf. Is a type mm-hmm. of laurel. Yes. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just encouraging if anybody feels like they want to do their own like floral wreaths, they can just dig into that spice drawer. Yeah. And now string you know those what to do with them together. when your bay leaves are yep. like so old because you only ever need like one a year. One when just whenever you're making spaghetti. Mm. Um, and then, and then, so then the, the phrase to rest on your laurels just means that you got lazy or complacent about what you previously hit or about future achievements because you're still busy basking in the memories of your former glories. Mm. So, and I used it, I'm sure in the context of winning my big award last episode to just say like, yeah. now I'm going to just rest on those laurels. I'm retired. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think we knew what the phrase meant, but just didn't know literally what a laurel is. So good. We used it appropriately and we're picturing the correct thing. Yep. And we learned a little bit about bay leaves. So oh, that was a win all around. <laughs> Um, what do you next, have for me? The next one I was supposed to, but then forgot um, that mm. I was supposed to look up whether Bob Saget was really a misogynist. So that next time, we'll talk about Bob Saget somewhere next time. Just drawing out all the bobs. <laughs> My bad. All right. Well, then, no, no, it's fine. I, I, it, that one's good because that's like a mystery. So I'll save. I'll get to anticipate that one for the future. And you know what else? And- and you know what else? Huh. It makes it makes me want to sing the song from the um, ethical humanist congregation we used to attend. Do you remember the mystery song they used to sing every once in a while? Oh, mystery, mystery, mystery. life is a puzzle, and, is a puzzle and a mystery. Mystery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a treat! Uh, mm-hmm. So I had one from our, again, like just so many open-ended questions we never answered last episode. Uh, what was the meaning of double entendre and um, whether or not it was a pun, too, because we like puns here. And so um, the answer is no. So double entendre is a word or phrase that's open to two interpretations that are usually one of them needs to be risque. It doesn't mm. have to be. It just usually is. So like one example would be, do you want some fries with that shake? I'm not talking about a milkshake. Or maybe I am. That's a double entendre. And then um, a pun, which could be used to build up a double entendre, is just a wordplay that exploits different possible meanings of a word that are similar in appearance or sound between two different words. Some consider it the lowest form of humor, but I am not one of those people. I mean, you can't rank forms of humor, right? Like lowest, lowest to highest. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Also, everybody, Shakespeare used puns. So just get over yourself. Puns. Wait, so were we correct about double entendre about that? It doesn't have to be yes. sexual. It just can be anything that has two meanings. Yes. But most people nowadays, they're not really going to call it a double entendre unless it does have some sort of risque mm-hmm. or like gutter okay. meaning. Um, and then I gave, I like wanted to end with a fun pun I found on the internet for you, which is, hey, um, when is your dentist appointment? I don't, I don't know. Tooth hurdy. Tooth hurdy. Rebecca? <laughs> Rebecca. I don't think I've ever heard you recite a pun before. This is a big well, moment for us. Yeah. I thought you'd so really, really like that. And really. also, happy early birthday. That was your gift. Also what? Happy early birthday. That okay. Yeah. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> That doesn't count. It's also so many months from my birthday. No, you're going to have to try again. Okay. Well, okay. I'll just keep on. I'll, I'll keep working on the puns. Work anyway, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> 
Well, my next little connect and correct is just to acknowledge, wow, when I re-listen to our episodes, there's like a lot of roosters. You can just hear so many roosters in the background. Um, fewer phone dings than there used to be. Speaking of, I should probably turn off my notifications right now. hey <laughs> And uh, But a lot of roosters. And also sometimes we can hear Ruby on the recording, even though I couldn't hear her like in real life. So I guess our microphones are really good. They're really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me about the roosters. And we're probably just never going to be able to edit them out because the whole house is surrounded by feral roosters and chickens. And I'm sure there's like someone who could do it, but it's not me. I mean, I probably could do it. I'm just not going to. Did we talk about the to-do lists? Yeah, we talked about that. We don't have time. And it gives a little charm. Gives a little rustic charm to our podcast. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Also, Um, listeners, don't assume that because you hear a rooster, it means that we are recording this early in the morning. The roosters go off at all hours of the day and night, literally, all day, all night. Doesn't matter. mm -mm, Doesn't matter. Just whenever they feel like crowing. Yep. Um, And then, oh, so I, I did a whole thing trying to figure out the name of the host of the daily podcast i could remember michael his last name is barbaro Barbaro. Barbaro. yeah thank you for yeah because we were like michael yeah well how about this we can't go a single episode without talking about bob dylan so um i just wanted to circle back once more to our favorite bob and tell everybody about how rebecca very thoughtfully Got us some CDs from the library for our drive across the island to go scuba diving. Usually I'm the one who procures us CDs, but Rebecca got some this time. And do you want to tell them about some of the CDs you got, Rebecca? Yeah, I was I was wanting to get some, you know, classic like best of Bob Dylan because we wanted to like start listening to his music because mm-hmm. as you as has been exhaustively recounted and journaled um we don't know much about him nor his music so I I got what I thought was a um <laughs> greatest hits Bob Dylan and there were oh. several discs in the set and then I also got um a Hawaiian storytelling CD that I was really excited about because mm-hmm. we wanted to listen to some Hawaiiana music and then to round us out Jewel because in, yes. case, yeah. in case the other two weren't really what we were feeling, Jewel. I wanted to have like a fallback, yeah. like a classic everybody wins yeah. CD. Well, then I present them to Rachel really excitedly and she pops open the Hawaiian storytelling CD to find out it's a Rod Stewart album. Yeah, it was supposed so. to be called Hawaiian storytelling and instead it was Rod Stewart. He had an album called Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Stuart time, storytelling time, or yeah, an honest mistake, just a mistake Somebody from the just... library. It was uh, spoiler alert. It was not good. We didn't enjoy that no. CD. We did listen to it. We didn't like it. The only song I knew by Rod Stewart was the Wake Up Maggie. I think I got something to say to you about. I don't know what that one's called. I don't even and, remember that. Yeah. Um, if you think I'm sexy, like and that wasn't even on this CD. It wasn't on that CD, so I we listened to that whole album with me just being like, next, next, next trying to get to if you think next, I'm sexy, and it never happened, and it never arrived. <laughs> it was not good. And um, spoiler alert: also, Bob Dylan's album titled 1970 is the literal opposite of a greatest hits. It is <laughs> the deepest cut. It's it's like many unfinished unproduced recordings 
of the same songs over and over and over again. It's like, it's basically like in his heyday, whatever songs weren't good enough to end up being on the final albums. But like, not just one at a time, it was like several attempts to make each song good. That for some reason were produced on an album. Yeah, and then we... We chose that one as the way we were going to get to yeah. Bob Dylan when yeah. that was like definitely like black belt advanced level. Bob it Dylan was not listening. good. It was it did the opposite of what we wanted it to do. <laughs> so we're going to try again. So, Got to go back to we, the library. We might. We yeah. may try again. Jewel also turns out. So this was <laughs> this was the Jewel Pieces of You album. And besides the like two to three big hits that were on there. All the rest of her songs were whiny bummers. Mm-hmm. Just bummers, just sad and angsty and yeah. just, I mean, very 90s whiny, if that makes sense. Which my like pre adolescent and teen self was still like, I remember being like that feeling and that like that, this like, really just like wringing your hands over all of this crap, but like not having a sophisticated way to actually talk about it. Yeah. Like you just, that was, um, so they weren't great. Yeah. Like one of her songs, she uses a gay slur repeatedly over and over. Like basically it's just like cry singing it in kind of yelling it at us. Well, in the it's, car. Like, it's like very much a pandering sort of like her point was like, the, the song included a story about a person who was being discriminated against. Um, right. But she just, like, kept cry singing this, like, terrible word. Uh, and, and Rebecca and I, bo- our eyes just both got huge. And we were just like, what is happening right now? Why, <laughs> why, why is she accosting me with this word? Well, and I just, like, have this, like – projected that there must be some flashback to her early days where she's like playing in like I don't know coffee shops or little yes, bars around town busking and I she's think she just busked like, a lot yeah and I, I'm just like what what a vibe that she, yeah she's just like Santa Monica Pier playing her little guitar singing song and then there's this part where she just stops all the music it becomes like acapella and she's just like yelling the f word at everybody it's bad it was bad it was it was a kind of art that I didn't like. I think it was the title <laughs> track, too, maybe. Pieces of You. <laughs> it was Pieces of yeah. You. That's what she named the whole album after. And, and she doesn't, I, she, like, each verse is about a different, like, group discriminated against, including right. Jewish people, um, gay people. And ugly women. Ugly women. The only female protagonist <laughs> in the story was that she – oh, and sluts maybe? I don't I don't, I don't we, I'm not re-listening to it. We are not going to connect and correct this, folks. So if you want to know, you're going to have to listen no. to it yourself. But I don't recommend it. But don't. Also, just don't, <laughs> don't listen to it. Oh, God. It was bad. Amazing. Okay. Well, we have one final <laughs> little connection correct, which is that Cousin Rita has pointed out that Schmodcast is with – the trends. So our last Thank episode, you. we posited that there should be something, um, a euphemism eulogy called a euphogy. And she says that this is like 
a topic that lots of people are talking about, including that there's a New York Times bestselling book. Um, it was like she said it was on the bestsellers list for eight weeks or something crazy. That's Rita's words. Totally. And it's called mm-hmm. I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Have you read that? I haven't read it. It's actually on my book <gasps> list. We got to get it. I believe I believe Jeanette McCurdy, and I'm looking it up just so we don't have to do a future correct over it, was a child actress oh. or is a, yeah, 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 yeah. So she was um, on the Nickelodeon sitcom iCarly oh, that won a bunch of like Kid Choice Awards and her momager mom, this is a, this is a story of her being like, uh-huh. ugh, like everybody talks about like how, how great it is and I'm a child actor and I'm here to say it's not. Mm. And I'm like actually glad my mom is dead because mm-hmm. she's. She was apparently not a nice person. So yeah, wow. apparently a great book. It's on my list. We're going to get it from the library along with a ukulele and a better Bob Dylan CD. Yeah, And Hawaiian Yeah, but not time. Jewel again. No Jewel or a different one. <laughs> um, different well, one. <laughs> Rita also suggests if you don't have time to read the whole book, you could also listen to one of our faves, good old Glennon Doyle, has a podcast episode on her podcast, which is called We Can Do Hard Things. Uh, Glennon Doyle has an episode where they interview Jeanette McCurdy, where she's like the guest. So we could also just listen to that. And then we'll know everything awesome. we need to know about euphagies. Oh, I wonder if they actually coined the term or if we get to take credit, trademarked, copyrighted. Oh, I'm sure euphagies. they they weren't. They didn't engage in a low enough form of humor to make that great <laughs> pun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean – a portmanteau is always a treasure. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, you're welcome. Okay. It is time for Hot Tops. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Dealer's choice. Let me go first. Okay. I'm doing go. it. I've dealt myself. Okay. So because it is middle of March, um, I was thinking about St. Patrick's Day. Mm. And it just so happens that this episode was all about lucky girl syndrome. Yes. And I was like, what about Perfect timing. luck of the Irish? Lucky girl. Yeah. Oh, she's a so, lucky girl. Is that Does that sound Irish? I, yeah, cool. really good. Yeah. Not Scottish, definitely Irish. Mm-hmm. I um, I have to keep reminding myself, like, what is the origin story of St. Patrick's Day? Because I, I just Snakes. never I never commit this one to memory. And it's just so different from... Well, it's not even snakes, not and it snakes. has nothing to do with like dying rivers green. Well, no. So Is here's it about the deal. Beer? It well, it's about beer now. Okay. All right, listen up. So prior to, I'm talking all about shamrocks too. So just like buckle up. So prior to Christianity and the work of this Saint Patrick, who we'll get into in a minute, um, we're we're doing this chronologically. Mm-hmm. The druids in like ye old ancient time believed that they could thwart evil spirits in danger by carrying a shamrock. And a shamrock is the little clover that's got three yeah, leaves Yeah, regular clover. Yeah, so a three-leaf clover, also known as shamrock, would enable the druids to see evil spirits mm. and escape in time. Now, a four-leaf clover was said to ward off bad luck and offer magical protection. So it was better, and they're more rare, but if you get a four-leaf one, you don't even got to watch out and try to escape. It'll just, like block it evil eye cool. style the the druids then helped d- to establish that the clover is a celtic charm and then then there was like other fo- folklore about it that like clovers helped you see fairies chase little sprites attract leprechauns and 
And so that's the vibe, right, then when the Catholics show up. So this guy named Maywin Sukut, that's his original name. He was a Roman citizen in nowadays Britain that had been conquered by Rome, so that's why it's Roman. Um, he was enslaved and then taken to Ireland, where he either escaped or was released, not sure. But then he just decided he'd become a priest. He changed his name to Patricius Patrick, oh. um, which derives from the Latin term for father figure. And yeah, that makes um, sense. in Ireland, he patriarchal. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Patronus. Exactly. So <laughs> in Ireland, he had a lot of luck converting the Druid culture into Christians. And so the Catholics were like, he is uh, lucky in that respect. Um, he ended up, he ended up becoming canonized because of how many people he converted. Mm. No idea where the snake story I'm came sure. from. That's yeah, how that's like a, a miracle, bit of, but okay, good for him. Low standards for but miracles. Yeah, so they just needed it. <laughs> and then um, the whole like Shamrock thing got added because they were trying to figure out how they could marry the Catholicism with what the local people were up uh-huh. to. And so they ended up adding this, like, lucky shamrock four-leaf clover cool. thing to his, like, as, like, one of his symbols. Because I guess there was some period where the Catholics decided to add a little bit of botany to all of the priests, uh-huh. or the, excuse me, the, all of the saints. And so he got a shamrock because he was from Ireland. And then that is how it became this, like, luck of the Irish piece, but it's actually from the Druids. So, um, anyway... We don't have shamrocks here in Hawaii, and so I looked into, like, what is the luckiest plant that would be like our version of a shamrock so that we can celebrate, um, besides just having to dye all of our beer green, which we can absolutely do. The The luckiest plant around here is a tea. Yeah. T-I. We've talked about mm-hmm. it, I think, a few different times. A red tea in particular, if you plant it outside your front door, it's supposed to give you good luck. Yeah. So I'll try to... I'm going to try to get us some tea shamrocks for this upcoming St. Patrick's Day. When so is we can it? Celebrate. When is St. Patrick? I don't think I, I think I've literally never celebrated St. Patrick's Day before. Have you? I'm so, I mean, I used to do the bare minimum, which is like at school Wear or going green. to work. I made sure there was yeah. some greens. So you don't get pinched, but that's just because I don't like getting pinched. And uh, no, I've never done anything yeah. else. That's, that's the extent of my like Irish St. Patrick's Day's um, or St. Patrick's Day celebration, yeah. which is why I think I don't commit it to memory. And and neither one of us grew up in a place that had like a lot of Irish influences. Yeah. Like I, I, I definitely heard it's like a big deal in Chicago. They dye the whole like river green. Boston. Yes. They love, they love that our oh, Celtics New York. up there. Not yeah. Celtics. New York probably. Yeah. So here, here in Hawaii, not a lot of Irish people. That we know of. Yeah. And so I'm expecting the day to pass pretty quietly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I do think I might get, though? I might hmm. want a shamrock shake that's like a seasonal <gasps> beverage at McDonald's. Yeah. That be- but that's like – I'm like, why is this only seasonal? It's my favorite flavor of ice cream is mint ice cream. So I just would really love a shamrock shake, you know? Well – Maybe that's our big outing next Friday, yeah. St. Patrick's Day. We'll go get or one. today. Because <sighs> Even now better. that I've thought about it, I want it. Because that's now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So Thank you. I just um, t- – similar slash not related, but I love the fact that we're talking about luck 
as um, we enter St. Patrick's yeah. Day season. I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode right before I go to my trivia night next week because we always try to anticipate, my trivia team tries to anticipate like what the topics might be. And we think that St. Patrick's Day might be a topic either like this coming week or the following one. Yeah. I I bet it will be. And I bet we should, we should probably... Exactly. And maybe look into the snakes more. Yeah. The article I found wasn't in the snake snakes. stuff is weird. Okay, cool. Well, since yours didn't involve any creatures, my hot top does involve creatures. <gasps> Do you want to guess okay. what kind? Guess. Uh, is it a, um, a monster? Nope. It's a real life creature similar to like how snakes are real life creatures. Keep guessing. Uh, mm, it's an owl. Nope. It's um oh it's a it's a puma. Nope. One more guess and then you lose. Am I am I have I been cold or warm? You got to give me some kind of directional. All of it's cold. It ha- it's related to a big it's related <laughs> to a big gardening project you're doing. I know. Related. Da-na-na-na. Oh, that made it harder. Da-na-na. Oh, is it is it about It's bees? about bees. <laughs> you got I'm so proud. Okay, so those are really good. Y'all, Rebecca (laughs) is working on making what she calls pollinators paradise using native plants to attract pollinators, especially um, like indigenous pollinating species that are endangered here in Hawaii. So um, this has been all over all of the news feeds that I'm on for the last several days, but I didn't actually read anything beyond the headline. And what Mm. it is, is that there's new research indicating that bees can be trained to solve puzzles. Have you seen anything about this yet? Or is it a totally new topic? No, but that sounds so cute. Well, remember earlier when I was like, I am overwhelmed and having trouble focusing and stuff. So what I did is that I copied an entire article from BBC News and I'm just going to read it to you now. Does that sound great? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Just like my Bob Saget research, I was supposed to read this before the Schmodcast and then I forgot. So... The article is by Emily McGarvey. It's from March 8th from BBC News. And the tagline is, "Uh, Bumblebees learn to solve puzzles by watching their more experienced peers, scientists in Britain have found. Okay. Here we go. Experts from Queen Mary University of London trained a set of bees to open a puzzle box containing a sugar reward. These bees then passed on the knowledge to others in their colonies, the study found. The researchers discovered that social learning may have had a greater influence on the behavior of bumblebees than previously imagined. To carry out the study, the scientists created a puzzle box that could be opened by rotating a lid to access a sugar solution. The lid could be rotated clockwise by pushing a red tab while pushing a blue tab. Oh, while pushing a blue tab could rotate it anti-clockwise. British. How cute they say (laughs) anti-clockwise. It's counterclockwise, obviously. They're so silly. (laughs) Okay. The scientists trained demonstrator bees to use one of these methods to open the lid while the observer bees watched. When the observer bees tackled the puzzle, researchers found they chose the same method that they had seen 98% of the time, even after discovering the alternative approach. The study also found that bees with a demonstrator opened more puzzle boxes than control bees. 
This suggests the bees learn the behavior socially rather than discovering the solution themselves. Yeah, because like 98% of the time they did what they saw the other bees do. And you know that other 2% was just because they were texting. They, exactly. That's, or, the, or those were the ADHD bees. They weren't paying attention. Or they were the innovative bees. Yeah, just antisocial bees. Maybe they have like a personality disorder, those bees. They sound cool. But anyway, that's a different topic. Okay. Keep going. Dr. Alice Bridges, who led the study, said bumblebees were not were known were not known to show culture-like phenomena in the wild. Quote, however, in our experience experiments, we saw the spread and maintenance of a behavioral trend in groups of bumble- bumblebees, similar to what has been seen in primates and birds. End quote. She said the behavior of social insects like these bumblebees were some of the most intricate on the planet. In other experiments where both blue and red demonstrator bees were released into the same group of bees, the observer bees initially learned to use both methods, but eventually they developed a preference for one solution, which then dominated in that colony. Isn't that cool? The study shows how a behavioral trend might emerge within the bee population, according to the study. In this case, researchers said that any changes in foraging behavior might be due to experienced bees retiring from foraging and new learners arising, rather than the bees changing their preferences. And that's everything you ever wanted to know about bees solving puzzles. That's so cool. Yeah. So they're really smart. Yeah. And it seems like only the ones that are like in the hives. So like honeybees are the ones that probably do this, not like the little solitary bees we're learning about. Yeah. Unless, well, they called them I don't know. Maybe they have like a, they have some meetup. They called them bumblebees. Maybe they have some like meetup groups where they just like, they're, even though you live in your own little condo somewhere, you like meet up and like learn what's going on. Yeah. Do the solitary bees, the types of bees that don't live in a hive, do they congregate? They must congregate with each other. They just don't sleep in a hive. I mean, they must, because otherwise, how do they do babies? Yeah. We got it. So. We'll find out more. Do, do uh, more research. That. Or not. We're, it's not a to-do. Well, and and I think, no, it's not a to-do. It It's it's a, just maybe what, what, I don't know if we've already explained this, but like I just recently realized this and been talking about it nonstop, was that. I thought all bees lived in the hives. I knew not all of them did honey, but I I just recently found out about solitary bees, which are, like, doing their own thing. They mostly live, like, on their own, and there's all these things you can make, like, Etsy-style called bee hotels, which are just, like, open-ended stumps or, like, logs that the solitary bees will use as their own little private nest, and then that's where they'll also, like, lay their Mm -hmm. eggs, and the babies emerge so, um, so yeah, the solitary bees are the ones that are indigenous or like native to Hawaii, and that's why I've been focused on them so yeah. much. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's why I'm asking, and also just sharing in case you didn't know about solitary bees, people, they're they need help yeah. too. <laughs> I think um, as you were talking, I developed a new um, pun. This might be the first joke I've ever written. Are you ready? Lay it on me. What do you call? Young pollinators who live near the ocean. What? Babies. It's good? good. Is that good? Babies. It is, is good. right? Babies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> I wondered how people write jokes. Now I know. I'm basically a professional comic. Just like when somebody's telling a boring story, you just like let a joke be boring. No, your story wasn't boring. I'm having a hard time focusing in life right now. So that's just where my, my brain went. Yeah. Well, it went to a good place, though. It's like the 2% I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But you just, you you like created something really cool that other people wouldn't have. Yeah. Baby. But I would have, I would have failed as an observer bee in the experiment, I guess. Yeah, but 98% of the population is going to yeah, do that for you. Good. So will we need to go full hundo? I don't think so. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay, so those were our hot tops, and and we have um our little outro gimmick for y'all today is just a, a special tip, a little tip, a little suggestion, something that I learned on the internet that I think is very cool, and it's called the five second rule, and it applies to any time you see something about someone else's body or appearance that you're thinking about commenting on. Okay. So okay. Okay. if you see something about someone else and you are considering commenting on it, first pause and apply the five-second mm-hmm. rule. The five-second rule is, is this something the person could fix in five seconds or less? Oh. If the answer is no, you do not say anything to them. If the answer is mm-hmm. yes... You do say something. So for example, your skirt is tucked into your underwear. You have food in your teeth. You've got a smear of something on your face. Your hairstyle is, you know, there's hair coming out. He's doing a woohoo yeah, thing. doing a woohoo, yeah. smudges on your glasses, whatever it may be. The person could fix that in five seconds or less. And depending on how well you know them, you may want to just gently let them know that that thing is happening so that they can fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. some five, some things that would not meet the five second requirement include, wow, you've lost a lot of weight or (laughs) your outfit (laughs) clashes or just like anything that they, that if they, even if you think it's a compliment, if it's not something that the person could change in five seconds or less, it does not bear your commentary. Thank you so much. So like another example is, Hey, did you know you have a raging zit on your yes. face? Yes, Ma- mega zits can't fix that. That's that's not a five second one. Booger, mm-hmm. um, coming out of your nose. That's a five seconder. That's a let's say something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Right? Now that's really helpful. Yeah. Is it something they can do? I thought you were going to just tell people to pause for five nope. seconds and check nope. themselves, but that's it's even more useful. And I think really good for kids. If you have kids. Teach your kids the five-second rule, and that's how they decide whether to comment on another person's appearance or not. Make- Does that include noticing um, an uncomfortable body odor in that person? When would you say something to someone about their body odor anyway? I, I'm just – I wouldn't, but I'm not a child. Oh. Um – Probably not. I'm, I'm just, I'm also trying to test that's it. That's not a yeah. five second fixer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shower or it's, it's not even something that needs to be fixed. That's just their preference. They like Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. 
Excellent side points. Um, that's all we've got Thank for you. the for the schmod this week. So um, if you're listening and you have some suggestions or corrections or connections, you can let us know. Call, text, email, schmodcastapodcast at gmail.com, schmodcastapodcast on Instagram. You guys are awesome. We got so much on our to-do list. We got to go. Yeah, those pollinators aren't going to pair themselves. Not. Exactly. So we got to get the yeah. planting. <laughs> oh. Well, beep bop, beep bop, beep bop, boop, beep, boop. This has been a Rebetchel production. Proud sponsors of Rebetchel B-Day Extravaganza. Doing.